0: glad you joined us today for Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio teaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called The Four Pillars of Vertical Church, and today we're going to listen to the first part of a message called Pillar 4, Relentless Prayer. Let's open our Bibles to John 15. We've been in a series on the four pillars, the four pillars of our church the Word of God, the Gospel of Jesus, life in the Spirit, and now relentless prayer. If you have a Bible, let me encourage you to turn with me either on your phone or if you actually have a paper copy with you. Fantastic. Why don't you turn to John chapter 15? So much could be said about prayer, but I'll say this. Never, and perhaps in anything else in the Christian life, Is a person's theology more clear than what they do with the topic of prayer? You can believe all things about God. You can preach them to other people, but whether you get on your knees in prayer and do it with other people, it shows what you truly believe about the living God. I'm gonna start our time again in John chapter 15. Read with me verses four and five. We're gonna be working through part of this chapter and another passage as well, but Jesus says this. He says in verse four, abide in me and I in you. That is the Christian walk. It is abiding with Christ by the power of the spirit. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If I could start our time discussing prayer with one word as essentially the starting point, it's the word nothing. 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 If you don't understand what Jesus is saying here about apart from me, you can do nothing. Your prayer life will not be activated, motivated. If you believe that you have the power to do things on your own, to bear fruit apart from the vine that is Jesus Christ, you will spend your life in activity, but not in prayer. So, nothing. Now, nobody wants to be told they're nothing. You're gonna amount to nothing. Maybe even just that word stirs you up from someone that stared you down and said, you're gonna to amount to nothing in life. You're a nothing. Okay, well, if God says you're a nothing, what Jesus is saying is, if you don't take seriously what it means to abide, which we'll learn later in the text, is directly connected to prayer, you will spend your life, like my hamster, on a treadmill of activity without purpose or fruit. I think about this. You can be nothing, or you can be motivated by nothing to pray. It's one of those two. Activity for Jesus Christ without abiding in Christ amounts to nothing. I would say it like this. If you want a visual picture in your mind, what does it mean to be Nothing. What does it mean to even be a Christian and act and do things for Jesus but amount to nothing? It's like when you go to the beach. If you go to Florida, you go somewhere else, you go to the beach, and, and it amazes me how some people will spend hours building sandcastles. They're amazing. I mean, there's some of them are nice enough where you want to walk in front of it and take a picture in front of it. It's so amazing. Uh, the older I get, the harder I get to spend hours and hours. And why is that? Because I know that I'm going to leave If my friends come by that same area a week later, it will be nothing. The same is true of the Christian life. If you believe in the word of God, if you embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you have life in the spirit, but it leads you to then live in such a way as though you're living under your own strength and your own power and your own capacity, apart from the eternal God, the Trinity, you again will be building sandcastles on the beach of life And yet wonder why there is little fruit or no fruit, and certainly when we get to eternity and we see the other side, it will have amounted to nothing. But God wants more for us. The question we have to ask is, do I want to live an eternally fruitful life, or do I want to live a wasted life? Again, we're talking about pillar number four, relentless prayer. Now hear me when I say this, I might say this a few times. Relentless prayer moves the heart of God. Now, we can focus for a minute on nothing. I I want you to think in terms of that as we're going through the text. But the other side of that is, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you pray, the God of the universe is listening to you. Now, if I just stop the message right here, that should be shocking. That the God who runs the universe is listening to me, to you. I mean, imagine if you had a special phone, a red phone sitting in your kitchen to call directly to the White House anytime you want something done. That'd be pretty impressive. But the president isn't even a speck compared to the God of the universe who controls everything. I want to look at four questions this morning about prayer. Four questions that will get us thinking and moving, I pray, toward relentless prayer. here's the first question, four words that come into questions. The first one is access. Every person here needs to ask the question as they're thinking about pursuing a life of relentless prayer, being a church of relentless prayer, do I have access to God in prayer? That's a great question. I wanna go quickly to a few passages elsewhere in scripture. If you wanna think about access, you need to first think about do I have a connection to the God of the universe. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Now, I want you to just think about that for a second. It is by the Spirit of God. We talked about the Spirit of God. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you. It is by the Spirit of God in you that we cry out to God, Abba, Father. That is the first impulse in prayer, just as in a Child, the first word they learn is usually what? Dad, of course. (laughs) No, it's mom. (laughs) I know the real stuff is handled by mom. Dad's good for burping me somewhere in the middle of the night, but now in an eternal sense, in a prayer sense, that impulse to cry out to God is the Holy Spirit working in us. It's reminding us that we are children of God, That we belong to Him. Hebrews chapter four, speaking of Jesus who gave His life for us that we might have relationship with God. Hebrews chapter four verse fourteen says, "Since we have a high priest that is Jesus, who has passed through the heavens, now in heaven, ascended into heaven, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest, Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses." but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, why do I bring those passages? I could also go to Ephesians chapter 3, where Paul says that it is because of the work of Jesus Christ that we can boldly and confidently come into God's presence. Again, this is an issue of access. Perhaps we could say it this way. Prayer is about who you know. It's about relationship. What's that saying that we have in the business world? It's, it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Prayer is about who you know. It's about relationship with God. Now, some of us just take this for granted, much in the same way that a young child will. Now, I want to ask you this question. Do you pray more like a telemarketer or like a toddler, I think of a telemarketer. Most of us get a little sign on our phone that says spam risk, which immediately means block, do not answer, right? But let's just say hypothetically, you're on a, a long trip and you're bored, and you answer the phone, and someone gets on, and it, it usually is, you know, eventually you, you pause for a second, and then suddenly there's a live voice, and then you, they, what is that person trying to do They're trying to give me a pitch to get me interested in something that then maybe I'll consider having a salesperson come visit me and then I'll buy whatever they're pitching. Now, sometimes we approach God in prayer like a salesperson, a telemarketer. I'm making a pitch to God trying to get him interested in me and in my thing. And Here's the contrast. A toddler. I've had four of them. The great thing about a toddler is they don't call you. They don't even knock on your door. When they want something, they come in. There is a boldness and a confidence, simple in their minds. Mom and dad exist to help me. Therefore, I have a need. Therefore, I go in. Now hopefully over time you teach the kid, as I have had to, Um, we'd really appreciate if you would knock on the door to give us a little warning. Or, listen, when you come into the presence of God, you don't even need to knock. Some of us have an idea that when we're praying, I have to pitch it. Because somehow I have to earn God's interest in what I'm talking about. And if I could ask you to rethink that this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have full access Rip the door open, come into the throne room, get the grace and mercy you're looking for. That is the privilege you have as a follower of Jesus. Now again, if you're here and you're thinking, but I'm not a follower of Jesus, well, we can change that today. You can make a decision to embrace the gospel. We've been talking about the four pillars. You can embrace Jesus Christ as your Savior. You can find forgiveness in him, which will give you full access now, does that mean that God does not listen to the prayers of people who are not Christians, who are not followers of Jesus? It's not the same, I can tell you that. It doesn't mean that God doesn't answer random prayers by those who are far from God. In fact, often he will answer a prayer sometimes as a person is coming toward him. But the bottom line is it's not the same. What I want you to think about is: you're thinking about relentless prayer is, If I'm following Jesus, I can come in and ask, and I can ask boldly. I don't have to wonder, is God in a good mood today? Is he willing to listen to me? Access. This is why we pray in Jesus' name, because it is through the work of Jesus Christ that we have access. This is Pastor Luke Aarons. Maybe you've been listening to Meeting with God and wondering, how can I embrace the gift of salvation and follow Jesus Christ? Or I have some questions about Jesus and the journey of faith. We would love to answer any questions you may have or help you in taking the next step of faith. Let me encourage you to visit our church website, verticalchurch.life, or visit one of our weekend services in Columbus near Route 315 and Henderson Road. To our Heavenly Father, let's look at a second question here. That is alignment. Alignment. Is my request aligned with the will of God? Now, again, I'm going to ask you about your prayer life, your prayers. For you, is prayer more of a transaction or is it a partnership? You see, sometimes we can view uh, prayer like we view our app, our Amazon app. I need something, therefore I ask for it. It's a transaction. But see, scripture defines prayer more as a sense of partnership. God is at work in the world, the Holy Spirit is in us, and we are partnering with what God is already doing in the world. Before many times, I mean, before you ask for God to do something, He already knows what's on your mind. In fact, often He will stir us up to pray for things that He's already waiting to do, but He's waiting for us to pray. And he's waiting to answer that prayer. Now if we go back to John 15, I want to continue reading verse six. It says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me, this is conditional, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And that's a fantastic verse. Sometimes it's even hard to believe it's in Scripture. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will. In the Greek, it's whatever you wish. Whatever you wish. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. That's a promise. That's a pretty big promise. I want us to think again, about alignment for a moment here. Jesus says here at the beginning of the verse and this is a conditional leading to that promise, if you abide in me, that's important, and if my words abide in you. Now this is how we determine whether our prayers are aligned with the will of God. Give me a topic. Marriage. Marriage. Okay, we'll talk about marriage. Some people ask the question, should I first Will I get married, and who does God want me to marry, and when will that happen? Is that fair? So let's ask the question. I begin to pray about marriage. I want to get married. And I begin to pray, how do I know if God is going to answer that request? Two things we need to think about. The first question we should ask if we're thinking about marriage, per se, is what is God's will? Is it clear in Scripture? Now, in Scripture, marriage is beautiful. Marriage is a man and a woman. God created them in the garden and intended that for all time on earth. Now, here's the question. Maybe you're thinking of marrying somebody, and let's just say that it's not a believer. Well, then God's word speaks to that. You don't have to ask what is God's will. Scripture says if you're a believer, 1 Corinthians 7, end of the chapter, if you're going to marry, you need to marry somebody in the Lord, someone that's a fellow believer, okay? Now what happens if, for example, the person is a believer? What do I do then? I wanna pause here and say this. If you're thinking about something in your life, maybe it's marriage, maybe it's something else. Sometimes we play, we play with God in our prayers. And we have these visions and this what we want done, and we go back to the telemarketer way of trying to twist God's hand and twist God into what we want. So let me say this, for example, if you know you're praying for something that goes against what God has said in Scripture, let me just encourage you, you don't have to pray anymore. God's pretty clear. God's not going to answer that prayer. Some people will come to the pastor, this is my worst nightmare. If you want to be in my worst nightmare, do this. Somebody will come for counsel, and you're talking to them about what they should do. We'll just use the example of marriage, and somebody says, hey, I want to get married, I want to get married, and oh, this is a great guy, and and then, and then you find out he's not a believer, and he's kind of a tool bag. You find out some other things, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm not really sure, that, and they're like, no, I know it's God's will, because God told me I'm supposed to marry him. That's like the ultimate ace card. That's like, boom, pastor, what are you gonna say to that? God told me. I would say that's not the ace card, that's the joker's card. That's the joker card because the joke's on you. If God has been clear to you about what you're supposed to do, and you go around him, you're really not praying, you're telling God what you're gonna do. One of the beautiful things about knowing what scripture says, why I would go back in our pillars to the word of God, is that one of the beautiful things as you grow in your faith is learning to pray God's word and learning to go through the truths of God's word. God does not want me to be anxious. God, would you give me faith? Would you give me peace in this season as I give you my anxieties? You could go on thing after thing. The more and more, and if you went through my Bible right now, you would see prayers that I've written in the side right next to verses. If you want to know that your prayers are going to be answered, pray according to God's will, as Jesus said here in John. And then sometimes it isn't clear. Should I marry Tom or Bill or Bob? All three are great guys. All three love Jesus. They all have different colored hair. They drive different kinds of cars. And I'm not sure who should I marry. There are things in life that we, when it comes to alignment with the will of God, are what I'll call non-applicable. We don't know. What do I do when I, I get a job opportunity in Cleveland or I get another one in Columbus, or I'm thinking about staying at my present job, which one of those three is God's will? How should I pray for God to direct me? Let me give you three things you can do when you're not sure what to do. The first one is to pray for wisdom. God's word in Proverbs, while it's maybe not a moral issue, a right or wrong issue, often in scripture, in the book of Proverbs, there's wisdom. And God calls us to live within wisdom. What is the wise thing to do in this particular situation? Second of all, ask for direction. God, I want to be aligned with your purposes for my life. God, would you give me direction? Would you bring mentors into my life that would help me to answer this question? God, would you bring passages of scripture that can help me think through this? But here's one thing that I'll say is very important, especially when you're praying and you're not sure what God wants. Answered prayers often begin from a heart of surrender. Listen, if I know God's will on X, if I were to be able to go into heaven and look down on my life and the future of my life, and I were to be able to see it clearly from God's eternal perspective, I can be confident, I can be confident that I would want exactly what he's allowing in my life. Now, that's a big, that's a big thing I'm saying here. Because what happens when it's suffering? What, what happens when God sends me in the hard road? What happens when God puts difficult people in my life? What happens when God sends me curveballs? I just want you to know this. If you knew God's perspective, God's eternal perspective, you would pray for it. Now, there are some times that we simply do not know what God's will is. How many times have I ever felt a sense of being lost? I just don't know what God wants. I wish God would make it clear. I wish God would send me an email with the plan. I feel like I'm wandering, and I feel like things are coming into play, and I have decisions to make, and I'm not sure what to do. I'll even say, being transparent, that through our own family's health journey, I get people that will text, will send me, not usually from this church, but other churches, other people I've known, and they'll be like, you just need to take your authority in Jesus' name, and you just need to do this, and then it'll go away. To which I'm like, unless God sent you a golden email that He hasn't forwarded to me. When I look at the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, God allows suffering for purposes, God has bigger things He's doing. I'm not always personally sure what God is trying to accomplish, but my prayer is God let your purposes be done in my life, in Jensen's life, in Micah's life, in Isaiah and Elijah and Tears' life. I want your purposes for our lives, even if it involves suffering or continued suffering. Now, here's the beautiful thing. When we're lost, one of the most amazing verses in Romans eight. I love Romans eight. I've been talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit last week. In Romans chapter eight, verse 26, it says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, not sinfulness, it's weakness. We're humans, we have limited perspective. He helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts, knows with the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Maybe the ministry of the Holy Spirit is newer to you, and you're learning the importance of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. There is something awesome when you realize that the Holy Spirit that is in you. In moments, if you've ever had moments, you're just like, oh. I don't even know what to say. God, I'm I'm discouraged. God, I feel lost. And and there's a sense of just groaning, and, and, and it is the Spirit of God in those moments who is coming before God, and the Spirit who is the eternal Spirit who has perspective, who knows exactly what to pray, is praying those prayers up to the Father on our behalf. That is awesome. And when we feel weak and we feel helpless, we can go back to this passage. It's interesting. What's the very next verse after this? That the Spirit is interceding for us. We're also told that Jesus is also living to intercede for us. Again, prayer is about relationship. Prayer is what the Trinity engages in all the time, talking and relationship. But when it talks about the Spirit interceding for us, the very next verse is, and we know... That for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. That as we are following Jesus Christ, the spirit of God is in us. And in our moments of weakness and darkness and even despair, it is the spirit of God in us, crying out to God on behalf of us. God, your will be done. God, direct this person. When I can't even have the words to pray, it is the spirit of God within me crying out to God. That is awesome. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio, located at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Vertical Church is not only passionate about the preaching of God's word, but also praying for God to work in the lives of those in our church, our city, and our world. If you have a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. Please take a moment and head to our website, verticalchurch.life, and visit our prayer wall. There you can leave a prayer request either publicly or anonymously, and you can know that Vertical Church will be praying for you. As always, we hope to find you here tomorrow at this very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.